0: Welcome to Black in Time, the podcast remembering pioneering people and defining moments from Black British history. I'm your host Liv, and I'm a bit of a nerd. I started this podcast as a challenge to myself to find something that happened each day in Black British history, from births and deaths to events of national and international importance. Each episode, I'll look at the week to come and explore events that happened each day in history. Here's the event from January 11th through to January 17th. On January 11th, 2016, 32-year-old Sarah Reed was found dead in her cell at Holloway Prison. She was the last woman to die at Holloway and her death came after numerous experiences Of state-inflicted violence. In 2003, she suffered the tragic loss of her daughter following an illness. She never recovered from this experience and began suffering from poor mental health thereafter. Nine years later, in 2012, she was falsely accused of shoplifting from a store on Regent Street in London. While being held in the store, a police officer named James Kiddy was caught assaulting her on CCTV. He dragged her by her hair and punched her repeatedly in the face. Kitty was later found guilty of common assault and dismissed from the force. Sarah was extremely disturbed by this attack and became even more unwell. In 2014, while detained under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act, she was sexually assaulted at a psychiatric unit. She fought her attacker off, allegedly injuring him, and the police were called. Despite being subjected to the attack, Sarah was the one who was arrested. At the time of her death, she had been on remand for more than three months. The purpose of her detention was to obtain psychiatric reports to determine whether she was fit to plead in the assault case. When her mother Marilyn visited Sarah on January 2nd, 2016, she noticed that Sarah was acting out of character. Her mother raised this with a prison guard who indicated that she didn't seem to be being treated as someone who had long-standing mental health problems. Nine days later, she was found dead in her cell. An inquest conducted in July of 2017 concluded that unacceptable delays in psychiatric treatment and failures in care contributed to her death. On January 12th, 1859, abolitionist and women's rights activist, Sarah Parker Redmond, arrived in Liverpool from Boston. She was born in Salem, Massachusetts in the early 19th century. At this time, Massachusetts was at the centre of the abolition movement, having become a free state almost two decades earlier. Free states were those in which the trade of enslaved peoples was illegal. Sarah made her first speech against slavery, aged 16, and was hired by the American Anti-Slavery Society, giving lectures in numerous states. In December of 1858, she travelled to Britain to seek support for the abolition of slavery in the US. Between 1859 and 1861 she delivered over 40 speeches in 17 cities and towns across Britain. Topics covered included the abuses of women in slavery, calls for Britain to help abolish slavery, and the role of cotton in perpetuating slavery. Sarah's trip to England is particularly important as she was thought to be the first woman to advocate for the abolition of slavery in front of large audiences. While in London, she attended Bedford College, which was the first higher education college for women in the UK. Here, she studied French, Latin, English literature, music, history, and elocution. She was also a founder member of the Ladies London Emancipation Society, which was established in 1863. The group is said to be the first national anti-slavery society for women. In 1866, Sarah was thought to be the only black woman among 1,500 signatories for a women's only petition, supporting women being given the right to vote. Following her time in Britain, she moved to Florence, Italy, qualifying as a doctor and practising medicine. And in 1894, she died in Italy, aged 68. For fighting purposes, in the ring, when I felt my best, it was about 35. That's the weight I was when I won the title. From On January 13th, 1975, Fitzroy Bunny Johnson, professionally known as Bunny Johnson, was crowned British heavyweight champion. Born in Jamaica in 1947, he moved to Britain aged 16. Having learned of the American heavyweight champion Jack Johnson, Bunny grew up wanting to be just like his idol. After an impressive career as an amateur, he made his professional debut aged 20, winning with a total knockout in the second round. His campaign to become British heavyweight champion started at a time when it was believed black boxers could not make enough money for promoters. Despite this, Bunny trained hard and fought hard for seven years until he was able to challenge for Commonwealth and British heavyweight titles. The fight took place at Grosvenor House in Mayfair. Bunny took on Danny McCallenden, the reigning British and Commonwealth champion from Northern Ireland. It was a hotly contested fight with Bunny winning in the ninth round, becoming British and Commonwealth champion. He went on to win four more successive fights before losing the title to Richard Dunn. And here's Regis, court square, this is a chance, oh, he it On January 14th, 2018, footballer Cyril Regis Died aged age 59. Born in French Guyana in 1958, he followed his father to England at a young age. At 17, he was scouted and started his career playing for non-league football clubs. In 1977, Cyril joined West Brom, scoring twice in his debut for the club. The following year, he made his England Under-21 debut during a match against Denmark. In the 70s, black professional players were a rarity in English football. Cyril joined West Brom around the same time as Laurie Cunningham, and a year later, they were joined by Brendan Batson. Together, the men were dubbed the Three Degrees, with the moniker taken from an American girl group with the same name. After seven years and over 200 appearances, Cyril moved to Coventry City. It was here that he won the only major trophy in his career, the FA Cup, in 1987. In 1989, he made history as the first Coventry City player to score at Anfield. The goal proved decisive, granting his team their first ever win against Liverpool. Following stints at four more clubs and after winning five England caps, Cyril retired in 1996. He returned to West Brom as a coach before becoming a football agent. After he died, the Cyril Regis Legacy Trust was established to continue his work, mentoring those from disadvantaged backgrounds and supporting football-based projects at the heart of communities. Noughts and Crosses was actually my 50th book. So I had quite a few before that. So, but when I published that, it's because I felt I had some things to say about racism and I was ready to say them. On January 15th, 2001, Noughts and Crosses, a fictional book written by Mallory Blackman was published by Random House. Set in a parallel universe, Noughts and Crosses explores the themes of racism, politics and prejudice, through the eyes of two characters called Cephy and Callum. Seffi is a cross, a member of the darker-skinned ruling class, while Callum is a nought and a member of the underclass. Historically, the noughts were enslaved by the crosses, and much like in Romeo and Juliet, in the world in which they live, noughts and crosses don't mix. As the novel progresses, Seffy and Callum develop romantic feelings for one another. And, well, I won't spoil the ending, as it's definitely a book worth reading if you haven't already. It went on to win numerous awards, including the Children's Book Award, and placed at number 61 on the BBC Big Read list. Noughts and Crosses was followed by four more books and two novellas. In 2007, it was adapted for theatre by the Royal Shakespeare Company. And in 2020, a TV adaptation of the book aired on BBC One. Endgame, the sixth and final instalment in the Noughts and Crosses series, is due for release later this year. January 16, 1959, Helen Folashade Adu, professionally known as Shade, was born in Nigeria. Her parents split when she was small, and Shade moved to England with her mother. After studying fashion design at St. Martin's, she modelled briefly before venturing into music. Sade started out as a backing singer for a band called Pride. She later formed a songwriting partnership with Pride's guitarist and saxophonist Stuart Matthewman. The pair broke off and joined up with three other musicians to form the band Sade, with Sade as the lead singer. She signed with Epic Records in 1983 and the following year the band's debut album Diamond Knife was released. Promise, the band's second album, was released in 1985 and The following year, they won their first Grammy for Best New Artist. Over the years, the band went on to win four more Grammys, the most recent being for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals in 2011. Shadi's work has influenced and been lauded by many in the industry. Her songs have been covered by artists from Herbie Hancock to Drake, and Beyoncé once described her music as a true friend. On January 17th, 1978, a group of activists called Bookshop Joint Action picketed the Home Office. The group was formed in response to violence and intimidation leveled against black, left and radical community bookshops across the country. In episode four, I touched on the attack against Bogle Overture Bookshop that took place in December 1977. The December attack was one of several that Bogle was subjected to that year. Despite writing to the Home Office and Home Secretary, their letters went unanswered. After holding a press conference in October 1977, the bookshops of those involved with bookshop joint action were visited by the Crime Prevention Squad. Rather than receiving adequate support to protect them from future attacks, they were instead encouraged to focus on protecting themselves. Following the attack against Bogle in December 1977, the group decided to picket the Home Office and hand another letter to the Home Secretary. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any more details about the picket aside from a leaflet issued by the Bookshop Joint Action Committee. The link to this is in the episode show notes.